Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. One of the greatest gifts you can give your family is the ability to be self-aware to the best of your ability, to be able to say, uh, to look in the mirror and to say, man, are there areas in my life where I'm falling short, where I know that I need to grow as a husband and as a father to address certain topics in your life that are probably hard and scary to address? I just finished a new book that addresses some of these big questions about fatherhood, including issues that most guys are thinking about, but probably are afraid to ask. This is the kind of stuff that you're not going to hear preached on a Sunday morning, and you maybe won't even hear it discussed in your men's accountability group. And so uh, it covers everything from how to maintain intimacy with your wife after pregnancy to dealing with your anger and all the other important issues that all of us as guys are facing. If you have questions about how to be a better dad, if you're like, man, how can I be self-aware? How can I look in the mirror and say, God, where do you want me to grow? I mean, you've got questions that you really want answered, but you are just afraid to ask them, or you don't know where to ask them or process them. I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of the Dad Tired Q&A mixtape book, and I also recommend that you go through it with some friends. There are discussion questions at the end of each chapter, which are going to help you unpack some of this stuff that may be buried deep inside of you. You can get it wherever books are sold, or you can go to dadtired.com to learn more. With that being said, let's dive into today's episode. I am so excited for today's episode. Uh, today, I have in person. Normally, we do our interviews via video, but today I have my pastor, Caleb. Dude, it's kind of weird saying that, to be honest. Yeah, because you've been in leadership <laughs> for so long. And, yeah. Before we jump into all the good stuff I want to jump into with you, I was telling a buddy this last night that this is the first time in my life where I feel like I can say confidently, I love my church. Mm, amen. Amen. It's weird, bro, because I like, I've been on staff at churches, right. been in leadership. I've heard people on staff at the churches that I've worked at be like, or as I was on staff, I heard people in the congregation be like, I love my church. And even then I was like, uh, I don't know if I love my church, yeah. which is yeah. a terrible, that's a terrible feeling, right? you know, but it took us a long time to find a place where we could feel like we call home yeah. here. I just really love your leadership, bro. I love, I, on Saturday, I'm like excited to wake up the next morning, and be part of it. You're just doing a really, really good job. So you're a dad. Yeah. A lot of kids. A lot of kids. Tell us yeah. about your family. Yeah. So I have seven kids in my home, two adopted teenagers, one foster placement who's 16. So I have a 17 year old, a 16 year old, a 15 year old, and then four biological nine, seven, almost five and three. Yeah. So a house full of kids. Dude, man. Just seven kids. How's your day to day life, man? Are uh, you surviving that? You feel like, are you, is your yeah. soul yeah. tired? Are you, are you thankful? Some- you know, we've developed such a, by we, I mean, primarily my wife, mm. such a healthy community of believers around us, yeah. who, like even just shuffling the teenagers to work and to football practice. And there's just so many kind of brothers and sisters in the Lord who jump in and, Hey, is, you know, I'm running across town. Do you need anything? And yeah. so we just have a good community. And at this point in our lives, my parents live here and my wife's parents live here, mm. which we've never had, you know how that is, yeah. never had family support before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're surviving. We're good. Yeah. We're always asking the Lord, show us more places we can put our hand to the plow. And mm. yeah, so serving kids, particularly kids in foster care is a big part of what we're doing right now, pushing for really praying into like asking the Lord that there'd be no kid in our community without a bed, mm. without a family. And um, we feel called to that. So it's good. God gives you grace where he calls you. So. Yeah, that's true. I talked to a couple recently who lost their child almost two years old. And they were saying like, had you told us 
five years ago, all the things we would experience over yeah. the last three years, we just would, we would have said, there's no way we can go through that. Right. And right. yet somehow God's grace is sufficient for them. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Dude, you t- I was texting you last night and you, I was like, bro, I need to have you on the podcast and uh, tell me some ideas. And you shot me some ideas. And uh, so I want to talk about one of those ideas that, yeah. you, that you shared. You mentioned the idea of spiritual warfare in our homes, right? which some people hear that and like, oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's two sides of that spectrum. One side is going to be a group of people who are like, yeah, like everything that, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm asking God what to eat tonight. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the if devil better. Disney, we're going to catch some demons. <laughs> exactly. Side, exactly. Yeah. There's that side. And then there's people who literally, they're never even thinking about it. Right. Right. And so. Maybe just walk us through, bro. Like, what are you thinking when you think through spiritual warfare in our homes with our families? Yeah. The way I kind of stumbled into this thought and thinking this way is as I transitioned into senior leadership at the church, I felt a little bit more spiritual warfare just in my life and in Mm -hmm. relationships. And what I learned, and in honesty, so much of this is having good elders who taught me some of this. Mm -hmm. But what I learned is as we pressed into evangelism or pressed into worship or prayer, people in our body who are a little bit more new believers, spiritually immature, new believers, maybe, maybe they just struggle naturally with anxiety and fear a little more than others. They would act out. Mm -hmm. So we'd be pressing into prayer. And then I would have three, four, five people kind of flesh out, you know, want to talk to me. Maybe I didn't hug them in a hallway and they read that situation wrong Mm -hmm. and they would get real frustrated and flesh out. And while mature believers may use language like I'm feeling foggy or I'm feeling tired. What I learned was, Hey, sometimes there are just seasons in the life of a church where the enemy's pressing us a little harder. And in my leadership, I learned not to respond to the spiritually immature believer with a ton of frustration or angst. I just kind of had the grace to say, all right, this is a season you're feeling insecure. Let's talk this through. So I was in a season like that where there was a lot of warfare in the church. I was feeling a little discouraged myself. And I went home and my kids were totally acting out. Mm. And for the first time, it kind of clicked. Like, I think the same thing that's happening in the church right now is actually happening in my house. Mm. And so my girls who are a little older, I'm super to a fault. I have that like in tune with emotion. Mm. If there's someone in the room who's left out, like I'm in tune with that. That's just the way God's wired me. It can be a strength and a, and a curse at the same time. Right. Just in tune with that. But I have a daughter who's that way. She's real sensitive emotionally. And so I was in a season where at church, all the people were fleshing out. Some people were When you say fun. fleshing out, unpack what you mean by that. Oh, uh, gossip, slander. Yeah. Maybe we painted the kid's room and someone wants to have a full heated conversation <laughs> yeah. about. And it's like, okay, in reality, this is a very simple change right. and something that needed to happen. The way that you're reacting is beyond right natural frustration Mm. so i'm in that season at church and then it happens at home and i started to realize that i don't think our kids are exempt from spiritual warfare Mm. i do think that as parents we can create a covering we can cover our homes in prayer we can plead the blood of the lamb over our children but i had a daughter one of my daughters she's a little more sensitive she said to me one day she's too young to say this she said dad i feel like trash she said i feel Mm. unloved And I feel unworthy. I feel like trash. And I thought, dude, you're way too young to be having these kind of thoughts. She says that to me kind of in confidence. And then she acts out. 
Mm. Then she's throwing stuff, fighting with her siblings, totally out of character. I started to wrestle through this idea of like, okay, we do see kids demonized in the gospels, right? Like you Mm. see demon possession with kids. Obviously, I don't think our kids are demon possessed. Mm. But the idea in Ephesians 6 of we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities. I think as young, immature believers, our kids start to feel some of that wrestling, some Mm. of that. So anyway, I started pondering that, thinking about that. And as I thought and prayed, there's some really good, man, the Puritans, like William Gunraw, as I think how you say his name, Mm. wrote this like incredible, it's called the armor of God, like six, seven books deep, some good teaching on Mm. spiritual warfare. There's a lot of wacky teaching, obviously, on spiritual warfare. I started reading some of that, pondering some of that, and trying to carry that in my family life of like, how do I engage my kids aware that all of their reactions are not always flesh. Mm. So sometimes we in discipleship and discipline, it's like, we all have flesh. My kids are angry right now. I need to discipline them on the basis of you got to control your emotions, but to help them understand that sometimes the enemy frustrates us, confuses us. Mm. You're feeling insecure the way that I parent, needs to take that into account Mm. so anyway that helped me some over the years you just gave me like a summary of that thought in text last night and i was brushing my teeth and i was like i don't know why my mind was like blown over that Mm. like what feels like really simple truth but i've talked about spiritual warfare when i go and speak at conferences right i've talked about spiritual warfare when i think about my marriage yes the enemy is attacking us we need to pray but for some reason I hadn't thought of it right. enough about my kids. Like there's an enemy who hates my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it I think is really natural, right? Like I want my kids to gaze upon the cross, to love Jesus. I want their focus to be on God's love and compassion and, and joy over them. Yeah. But at some point in their development, they do need to become aware that they have an enemy. I don't want their focus to be on the enemy. Yeah. I don't want to create an environment that, uh, is fear driven. Like if we see this on TV or hear that word, then the enemy is going to assault us. But I do want them to become aware as they mature, right? As they develop, yeah. that there is an enemy who wants your soul. And I do think, man, I may be talking above my pay grade here, but so many of us, when we talk about our upbringing and our, like all of counseling to some extent is trying to talk you through your childhood trauma. Yeah, I know. And so yeah. when you think that way, <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, like maybe the enemy really tries to mess us up in our childhood mm. years. We're a little more mature. We're insecure. We're developing. And as parents, it's probably wise to go, wait, these years are really crucial in the spiritual development of our kids. Mm. Let's be intentional to do our best to not let the enemy have a heyday in their minds and in their hearts. I don't know why, I, like when I was thinking about this last night, I was thinking like, why did I subconsciously assume that there are rules of warfare when it comes to spiritual yeah. warfare? Yeah. Like the, the enemy doesn't. Yeah. Like, he like would the kids the would be off, kids are off limits. Yeah. Like a normal battle, you wouldn't necessarily right. go for kids. But yeah. So I was thinking in that thought, thinking about how many times kids are demonized in scripture. And it's like, no, he hates all of us. Mm. Maybe even kids more in the sense that like, they're so precious to Jesus, right? Bring me the children. Yeah. I, th- I think that's worth pondering and thinking again, I don't want my three-year-old to have a full dissertation on demonology, right? Like I want my three-year-old to sing, Jesus loves me this. I know, Yeah. but my nine-year-old, it's probably time to introduce the idea that mm. when you say to me, I feel like trash, that may be a thought 
that's demonically inspired. And we need to have a little conversation about your identity in Christ and mm-hmm. what it means to take captive thoughts that aren't from the Lord. And so, yeah, it's a part of everyone's discipleship. And I think for our kids who come to faith young, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a part of their growth that we need to help them in. Maybe we should rewind back a little bit. For some people, like even even the conversation about demons, demonic things, yeah. it's like it can feel scary, overwhelming. Right. You're like, I don't really, I know I read about in the Bible, but is that like still a thing today? Yeah. You know, maybe just like, can you give us a kind of overview of like, you use the word demonic, like how do you know? Like as believers, how do we know the difference between like, oh, I ate lunch and that's not setting well right? versus right. like the enemy is like actively attacking me here? Yeah. There's some discernment that I think we mature in. I think in prayer, we start to, so Paul will say at some points, like we know the enemy's wiles or ways, like we, mm-hmm. we become more aware of how he works and operates. So on one hand, I'm with you. Like some days I just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, Yeah, right? I didn't sleep good. I'm frustrated. I do struggle with insecurities in my flesh naturally. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, there's never a perfect, I know that I know that I know that this is demonic influence. Yeah. But on the other hand, I am taught that believers are going to wrestle. And so there's just some discernment that takes place. I think we discern well in the presence of other believers, yeah. mature believers. Yeah. Again, I really stumbled into some of this thinking by having conversations with my elders. Mm. I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm dealing with these conversations. And my elders have walked with the Lord for 50 years saying, okay, well, this is probably a plan of the enemy to try to distract. Yeah. So I think discerning in front of people yeah. is smart. It's fine to say, this may be an attack. Let's pray and approach it as if it is. Right. But you're totally right. Like basic diet and exercise can really mess with your emotions. Yeah. And so trying to have a holistic approach to, to life and to parenting, I think is important. Yeah, I, and again, I you start to kind of learn the tactics. I mean, the enemy is so yeah. clever. Yeah. He's so clever. But his tactics are the same. Totally. He's been using the same tactics from right. day one. Right. And so you can kind of pick up on patterns. Yeah. Even though they're super effective. Right. There are some patterns. I notice every time, almost literally every time I go to speak, like the day before, the two days before, there's some kind of thing yeah. happening yeah. in my marriage, at home. Totally. And I've just gotten used to like knowing before it was like, Hey, me and my wife would fight. And then I get on a plane, try to go speak about Jesus. Right. And then you start to learn like, Oh, that's a pattern. Yeah. And, and so you pray. I'm like, well, you know, something comes up with, with Layla. I'm like, okay, well that we clearly can see now. Yeah. The enemies. There's a couple of things. One, if I could say this without being too critical, the Western church is way too dependent on our strategies and not on prayer. Totally. And so like, we need to get back to prayer being yeah. the foundation. But two, what, the idea of wrestling, not with flesh and blood, right? Like we wrestle. One of our guys at the church is incredible wrestling coach, like kind of nationally known. He's incredible. But mm-hmm. I've talked with him about this some because wrestling is actually a really old sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get into Greek and Greco style wrestling. But the idea of wrestling is that like you're going to have moments when you're pinned, when you're in a hold that you don't know how to get out of. Mm-hmm. And the way that people act when they're in a pen mm. is telling to what's going on. So mm. for me, and I'm obviously still growing, I'm such a, I'm young naturally and I'm, I'm not there yet, obviously, but I've learned over the years that when I'm pinned, when I'm feeling frustrated mm. or insecure, I know how to act in maturity, which would be to call a brother, mm-hmm. to call an elder. This is how I'm feeling. Help me see wisdom. 
But my nine-year-old, when she's feeling pinned, she acts out differently. Mm. And so it's the idea of like one of my kids, none of my kids swim well. It's super frustrating to me. <laughs> I grew up in Florida. We swam nonstop. <laughs> they just don't swim. So one of my kids had a life jacket on mm. and she got scared in the deep end and she started flailing. So you mm. know when people think they're drowning, they act crazy. Right, and right. it's like, I'm having this conversation with her like, breathe, slow down. You have a life jacket on, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> but it's that idea of like, how do people act when they're pinned, mm. when they're frustrated? And those responses look like gossip, mm. look like frustration, look like, dude, insecure leaders can start to point fingers mm. at and accuse everyone else's leadership. So you kind of learn to diagnose the responses to being pinned. Mm. Mature believers are in a hold and confess in one to another, mm. get good counsel, mm. just openly have conversations. Yeah. But immature believers will still act out. So it's with our children. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is my kid acting out, throwing stuff, having a tantrum. She's feeling pinned in her soul. She doesn't know yet how to respond to that well. And part of discipleship is I need to teach her. Now, we were talking about this earlier, but I don't want to teach my kids. The devil made me do it. Yeah. Like the fact that you threw something at your sibling is still sin that needs discipline. Yeah. But at some point, and, and it might not even be right away, but at some point we can have a conversation about, okay, you were feeling frustrated, insecure. You were feeling bitter. Yeah. Are those things godly thoughts that the scripture promotes? Are those the things mm. Jesus says about you? And so discipline still needs to take place in the same sense if you're tempted to commit adultery and you like, it's, it's on you, you right. made the decision. Right. But the way that I help them mature through the warfare is really different. Does I think that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, man. And I, I think, you know, one thing that we've talked about at Dad Tired is we don't want to just discipline behavior, which is, I think, what all of us as parents right. naturally do. Yeah. You're being loud. You're being disobedient. Like, stop right. doing that. Right. Get to your room. You're in time. Whatever the mode of yeah. method of discipline is, that typically will just lead to quick behavior change, yeah. but never real heart change. Right. And that's not how God disciplines us. Yeah. Thank totally. God. <laughs> totally. He's so long suffering. He's mm. after our heart, you know? Yeah. So we, we talk about, okay, what does it look like as parents to discipline the heart? And so, and not just behavior, but I think what you're describing is like taking that even to the next layer. Right. So I want to get after their heart, like, and I want to correct heart behavior, but I also want to realize again, is there something deeper happening here? Yeah. And, and the Bible just teaches that there can be demonic pressures. Um, the enemy wants to create scenarios where your kids begin to embrace thoughts about who they are, mm. their worth. He wants to devalue. I was thinking on the way over, driving over, I can remember being in middle school and being embarrassed on the school bus. Like I said something that embarrassed me mm. and I can remember making a conscious decision that I was just going to sit and be quiet and I wasn't going to try to make friends anymore. Mm. I wasn't going to like engage anymore. I was just going to sit to my, I made a conscious decision mm. to not engage with friends wow. to, to be secluded. And that seclusion, I've told you my story 10 years later was major depression mm. and major suicidal thoughts and tendencies. I think there's a major element of warfare of the enemy wanting me to come to that place, make that conscious decision. And if we can promote in our kids, Hey, you have an enemy who will try to lead you to these kind of heart postures, these yeah. ideas to bitterness. I think they can learn to start to rise up and 
not that we ever want to promote like name it, claim it. I'm gonna have perfect. You know, I'm right. not I'm not really into that. Right. But for our kids to rise up and say, "Hey, in Jesus' name, I'm a son and daughter of God." Right. No matter what you think about me, I'm loved, and I think that promotes spiritual health in the long run. And we do those things, right? Like when I'm feeling insecure, you know, maybe I preached awful on Sunday or someone came at me. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm loved and I'm not going to perform perfectly every week. And God doesn't approve of me on the basis of my performance, but on the basis of Jesus' performance, praise, yeah, God. praise God. So we do those things right? and instilling those things in our kids, I think helps them combat the demonic chaos. That's what I was going to say. Like, how do we, as parents, we want to be disciple makers. We want to be, especially we're talking to a bunch of dads. Like we want to be protectors of our right, family. Right. And the protector is, you know, part of that protection is I've got a security camera on my front door right. and uh, we live in the South and I have a gun, you know, like, yeah, so, so yeah. these are some, but there's way more attacks on my kids right. that are happening outside of just physical attacks. And so I want to be a protector yeah. of my family. So how do we protect our kids in this? Is it just like, you know, we're not performing exorcisms here every day no, when my no. kids are not yeah. sharing a toy. So I was thinking like part of that protection is one teaching them how to gospel themselves. Yeah. Which yeah, I think was exactly a huge right. one. I think another one is what, or I guess I, I would toss it out you to hear your thoughts. Like how much of it is letting the enemy for lack of like better word, like kind of a cheesy way, but like through the front door, through the things that we yeah. let into our home. Yeah. And that I, I don't want to, I'm going to let my charismatic show a little bit, <laughs> but for all of church history, the church has always acknowledged demonic yeah. entities, powers. It's just thoroughly biblical. And so, yeah, like on, on one sense, one hand, as parents, we do need to guard influence. And like I said, I'm not going to do, all right, if you watch that Disney cartoon, you're going to catch this demon. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to promote that kind of fear. Yeah. But on the other hand, like we don't do horror movies. And my right. kids will say, Dad, why can't we watch a scary movie? And I'll say, Because you're gonna cry all night and get in my bed. And like, <laughs> I want to sleep, dude. Yeah. Um, so I might I might even promote it in a lighthearted way, yeah. create those standards. But we do need to create standards. Right. Dude, and sorry, I keep talking about my girls today, but when you talk about like image and what's beauty mm -hmm. and if we're allowing MTV, that's what my childhood, there weren't really yeah. any standards on what we could watch. MTV discipled me yep. in a lot of ways. Yep. Yeah, I want to be careful about what is beauty and what is valuable. And so we do want to guard influences for sure. I would say the big thing that we don't do again in the West is, man, make a habit of praying over your home and praying over your family. Yeah. I was talking to a guy yesterday about like, man, just standing in your house and saying, in the name of Jesus, anything, any strategy, plan of the enemy must be thwarted because of the blood of the lamb. Like just basic prayer. Like we belong to Jesus in this house. I think those things are really healthy. So there's an element of us protecting, and then there's an element of us teaching our mm. kids to, like you're saying, gospel themselves. What I was going to say is one of the things that's helped me, like we were just talking about straight practice, and I'm actually going to start teaching this a bit in our altar ministry of the church, because I think as it pertains to the demonic spiritual warfare, we get way too complicated. Mm. It's like you've got to buy my six series workbook to understand right. how to teach your kids to yeah. to engage. One of the things I'm really teaching my kids right now, my old age appropriate, is to pray the Lord's Prayer slowly mm. and to embrace the ideas. So I'm praying with my my nine-year-old, our father. Okay, we're, we're gospeling ourselves right there. You are a daughter of God. Yeah. You are bought 
and purchase. So in the Lord's Prayer, that they've memorized it in, in their Sunday school class, and we're starting to flesh out, okay, we're bought and purchased. Hallowed be your name. No idolatry. We worship God alone. Hmm. When we get to like, forgive me of my trespasses. All right. Is there sin in your life right now we need to repent of? Hmm. Is there any way the enemy's engaging in your life? Then when we say, as we forgive those who trespass against us, I'm teaching my kids to not live in bitterness. That's a major door, right? Yeah. Where the enemy plays. Yeah. So I'm just teaching them like, all right, is there anybody we need to forgive right now? Hmm. Like, let's just think that through. And then as you just kind of work through the Lord's Prayer slowly, what you begin to realize is that Jesus actually gave us a really tight, straightforward way to pray, steward our hearts, and to shut doors. The end of the prayer, right, is like, lead me not into temptation mm. and deliver me from the evil one to shut mm. doors to demonic activity. And it's really simple. It's straightforward. The church has prayed it for thousands of years. Yeah. It's not you need to go online and find this eight-part series. And, right. Right. And so I'm just doing that with my kids. I'm actually going to teach that in altar ministry. We get people who come, you know, their marriage is distraught or they're having night terrors. And we pray like, you know, anything the enemy's doing in your life, we break right now in Jesus name. And they'll feel some liberty, but oftentimes people will stumble right back into the same problems. Right. It's like a lot of freedom, a lot of discipleship you can find in that prayer. Mm. It's praying daily, Lord, wash me of my iniquity, if there's sin in me that's opening doors, yeah. help me to see it and close it. And Lord, I forgive those who trespass against me. I'm not going to be a man of bitterness. Yeah, Those things are simple, straightforward. And I think I'm, I'm doing right now, I, I hold my nine-year-old's hand. I pray with them. I try to pray with them daily, but I don't do this every day. Yeah. But I do this regularly. I'll hold her hand and say, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. And like my four-year-old's watching. She's not engaging yet, yeah. but she's seeing what we're doing. And we just, you know, our father, thank you, Lord, for loving us and face in the middle of our sin and mm. iniquity. Like I am a daughter. I'm a son of God. Mm. Hallowed be your name. You alone are worthy in our hearts. No idolatry in us. Even your kingdom come, your will be done is teach me to live obedient to your, mm. so I'm talking about obedience and discipleship. And it sounds silly. But like maybe the Lord in his wisdom gave us what we needed there. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like maybe totally. Christianity is not this, you've got to go to this website and go to this eight-part seminar. Totally. Maybe it's just simple Christianity that helps our kids engage in some of these principles. Man. So I think we find major keys to spiritual warfare just right there in the Lord's Prayer. I love that so much, dude. That's so helpful. I think you're right. Like that some of the most mature believers I know aren't necessarily the smartest ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just faithful to the word of God. Faithful, with, yeah, and consistent. Consistent, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I'm, I'm reading. I'm trying my best to understand it, and I'm going to just consistently, right, try to come before Jesus. One, I had a friend tell me years ago, like one of the biggest hurdles. I don't remember exactly how he said. It, I'm going to butcher it, but something to the effect of like one of the biggest causes for feeling far from God is essentially unconfessed sin. Yeah, unrepentant sin. Yeah. And it's just like, we overcomplicate things. Like you said, you come down every week, you go to the altar, you, you know, yeah. it's just like, dude, just confess your sin before Jesus. Yes. Sometimes there's some simplicity in that. Yeah. And there's, I don't mean to go too far down this road, but there's a lot of conversation right now in the body of Christ about demonization, demonic influence. And there's, there are classes and courses and, and I'm not against anything. I'm not throwing stone or shade at anybody, but like you're saying, like a lot of kind of closing the doors to the enemy is just confessing your sin mm. and it's just repentance yeah 
And it's forgiveness. It's stuff we know. Yeah. It's not believing lies. And so when I pray our Father, I'm saying, God, today I choose to believe that I am grafted into your family. I'm mm. adopted because of mm. Jesus. I'm rejecting lies yeah. just by simply praying that prayer. And so I think to simplify for our kids, like what it means to kind of shut the doors to the enemy, to do discipleship in that way. Yeah, it's just confession, repentance, mm -hmm. believing the truth. It's not, man, you can get into these eight week long seminars on this kind of demonic spirit and how it attaches in this way. And it's like, maybe, <laughs> but if you want to break it, I don't know. I just confess and yeah, yeah. plead the blood of Jesus and Amen. live in, live in, in repentance. Yeah. I think there, if for you guys who are listening right now, I imagine there's some of you listening to this and you're by yourself. A lot of dudes are probably listening and you're by yourself. Maybe you're in your truck right now or you're mowing the lawn or working out or whatever. And you're going through a lot of stuff in your life. Um, bro, maybe the thing you need to hear today is just what Caleb said. Like maybe the, the biggest thing to like not overcomplicate it is just to confess your sin. Like right yeah. now to like yep. pause this podcast and repent of where you've sinned and where you've fallen far from Jesus and confess that out loud to yourself, find another brother, confess it to another brother. And then as you start to get into the habit of gospeling yourself, of just dude, open up that prayer. Where can they find that prayer? It's all throughout the gospels, right? It's but, in all of them. Um, yeah. So just go in the gospels. I'm, try I'm trying to find it right now. Do you know off the top of your head where Jesus taught his disciples how to pray? We'll find it to pray. <laughs> we'll find it as a, <laughs> But dude, just open up the gospels and pray that prayer. And and literally that first line, if you could start to have that truth, our father, my father, mm -hmm. meaning if you have confessed Jesus that you and you are you are a bought son of God. Dude, if you could just get that truth deep into your heart, that every other thing that you're chasing after to find identity, whether it's you you need your bank account to be more full, you need that woman to give you attention. You need your boss to whatever you need your wife to do. Dude, all those things will fail you. Yeah. But if you could come back and say, dude, my, I have a father who loves me. If you could start to understand that truth, lots of stuff is going to get less complicated. Right. So confess your sins, rest in your identity as a son of Jesus, son of the father. And then dude, just go home. And as, as you get home, recognize there's a battle being waged at home yeah. over my wife's heart, uh, over my kid's heart. And so I'm going to be a man who on the front lines is the, is the one confessing my sin first. And then I'm, I'm just going to look for the lies that the enemy is whispering into my family's ear. Yeah. And as much as we disciple our kids and teach our kids scripture, praying for them daily, covering them yeah. daily, just confessing scripture over their lives daily is huge. There's more power in that than we give credit to. Layla went to uh, the women's thing that uh, we did at the church this last weekend and she was really challenged mm. there. It sounded like they taught, I wasn't there, uh, obviously, <laughs> it sounded like they talked about, they were really challenged to pray specific prayers, Yeah, yeah. which I thought was so really good. cool. And, so. and one of the things they talked about was why do we not pray specific prayers? Mm. And it's the, the kind of fear. If I'm too specific, then there might be room for God to not answer it. And yeah. if I just general, God bless me. Yeah. Then you can just be like, oh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Yeah. But just pray these specific prayers. And so Layla and I have been, even just this last week, like been praying specific That's prayers so for good. our kids. So good. And just believing, like in God, it, like Jesus said, I, here, here's what I want. Yeah. Your will be done ultimately. Yeah. But God, I'm going to just specifically pray right. for each of my kids. Yeah. I think, and I was listening to one of the podcasts you did that helped me. 
to get to the place where you're not trying to be so exhaustive in your prayer life or yeah. it doesn't have to be crazy spiritual when you're praying with your kids you were talking yeah. about yeah like just just a little at a time and faithful and we do prayer is a big part of our church like we do lots of prayer meetings and only going to do more <laughs> in the coming <laughs> coming weeks hmm. but for me I tend to pray really passionate and loud and I feel like I've got to work myself up, mm. but I'm learning to, to like just simple, straightforward mm. request. And I think, I think it's huge with our praying for our families too, of like, you don't have to have the most exhaustive, eloquent prayer life, just Lord in Jesus name. I was praying for my son today, Lord in Jesus name, would you baptize him in humility? Mm. Would he grow in humility? Mm. But he'd be a man of integrity. Just simple, straightforward yeah. stuff. The Lord hears. Yeah. We're really not impressing anyone with our, totally. our eloquence. Yeah, totally. Well, bro, I appreciate this. For you guys that are listening, I think, man, the main takeaway here is confessing. You're closing. I love the way you said that. You're closing the doors yeah, you to, too. to the enemy. Mm. And, uh, and we want to do that with our kids too. So, yes, your kids are kids meaning they're going to just, they're sinful little humans right, right. and they're going to be in their own flesh and do things. But also there's an enemy who hates them. There are no rules when it comes to spiritual right, warfare. Right. And so we pray for them. We pray specifically for them. We pray the Lord's prayer, simple, but powerful prayers to, to shut the doors. Yeah. So good. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, this man, has been good, you. man. Thank you. God bless you. Hey guys, as always, hope that episode was helpful for you, man. Such an important topic. If you want to continue to process these topics and other topics, uh, highly recommend that you go check out our Dad Tired community. It's totally free. Uh, it's not on social media, so there's no distracting things on there. If you go to dadtired.com, just click that community tab. You'll be able to jump into that group. And again, if you haven't picked up a copy of the Dad Tired Q&A mixtape and you want to talk about things that aren't being talked about on Sunday morning or in your accountability group, I highly recommend that you go pick up a copy of that. You can get it wherever books are sold or at dadtire.com. I love you guys. We'll see you next week.